0: As a community, First Baptist Belton exists for the purpose of knowing Jesus intimately, serving Jesus passionately, and sharing Jesus globally. Come join us on Sunday for our traditional worship service at 8.30 or our contemporary service at 11 and for Bible study at 9.45. We hope today's message encourages and strengthens your faith in God. Father, we thank you for the joy that is ours in worshiping in this place this morning. We thank you for the incredible opportunity of lifting praises to you and of hearing our incredible choir and orchestra as they have led us today. We are so thankful. We are so thankful for Jesus, our precious Savior and Lord, who died on the cross and arose from the grave, that we might have forgiveness for our sins, the gift of eternal life. So, Father, bless us now as we look into your precious words, speak to our hearts. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the church universal. Thank you for this church, First Baptist Belton. Father, we love the church, and we love you, and we adore you, and we worship you. In Christ's name, amen. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. In a moment, we'll read beginning with verse 13. I want to say again, thank you so much for being here. And today we get to start restart Sunday school. I'm so excited, I know you are too. And if you're a guest and don't know where you should go, there'll be some folks in the foyer at the welcome station who will be glad to help you with directions or personally take you to your class and department. I found this to be an incredible church when I came here in 1988. And the pastor of that church, Dr. Leroy Kemp, and... His wife, Dr. Jean Kemp, have been wonderful friends to me for these 32 years. So encouraging, so helpful. And it was a joyful day when they came back from interiming all over the place and and once again returned to First Baptist Belt and and have been with us now for a number of years. Dr. and Dr. Kemp, I, I just want you to know I love you both so much. And we appreciate you. God bless you. In in my last sermons, I've asked you to remember how much Jesus loves you, to remember the greatness of our God, to remember the joy of being a Christian, to remember the importance of sharing Jesus globally, to remember the joy and the privilege of stewardship, to remember the importance of defending the gospel, to remember the importance of the home, to remember the importance of the Lord's Supper and baptism. Baptism will celebrate in a few moments. Today, remember the importance Of the church. The church is not a building. The church is people. We are the body of Christ. You are the church when you're in this room. You're the church when you're home. You're the church when you're at school. You're the church when you're at work. You're the church when you are at a sporting event. Remember that please. You are the church when you're at a concert. You are the church, the body of Christ, wherever you go. So let's read this very important passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse 13. Uh, If you are okay to stand, do so. If you if you're tired of standing, that's okay. Just stay seated. Matthew chapter 16. When Jesus came, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, "Who do people say the Son of Man is?" They replied. and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. And then if you'll just look at the screen at Romans 15:13, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. First Baptist Belton has existed for 167 years. The church universal has existed for 2,000 years. Therefore, we have existed for approximately 8% of the history of the church. Jesus has taken his disciples on a retreat to Caesarea Philippi, a beautiful place with bubbling springs that help form the headwaters of the Jordan River, with massive rock formations all around, and with at least three pagan shrines. Beautiful trees, flowers, the sound of the water in the background. And so Jesus takes his disciples there to what for that day must have been a perfect retreat setting. He's on the way to the cross, And he has some important things to say to his disciples and, of course, now to us. He's going to talk about the identity of the church and he's going to talk about the foundation of the church. So I want us to get our arms around a few things before we finish this morning. First of all, the church is. The church is what? The church is the called out. In verse 18... Jesus says, I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. Greek word for church is ecclesia. You'll recognize the sound of it. We get the word, English word ecclesiastical from ecclesia. And it means called out ones. We are called out by God. We are touched by God. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, You would have never known to say what you said, that I'm the Christ, the Son of God, except God himself has revealed it to you. God has called you, all of us who are believers. He has drawn us out. He has wooed us and drawn us to himself. And you have identified with him openly. It is God's to call and ours to say yes, And every person here who is part of the church has said, yes, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you as Lord of lords, as King of kings. I acknowledge you as the savior of my life, the forgiver of my sins and the one who has given to me eternal life. And when we acknowledge the call of God and accept Christ as our savior, then We are part of the universal church, the church universal, all believers for all of the ages, everywhere. And then at some point, most of us in this room said, I want to become part of the church local called First Baptist Belton. There is a continuity all the way back to the first century among us today. We are called out ones. And that being called out means that we are different. We are distinctive. God does not call us only to have us look like the world or act like the world. We are to be distinctive. We are to be different. There have been a few times in my ministry, and I'm sure this is not true of anyone who's sitting in this room today, but there have been a few times in my ministry when I have met someone in the course of conversation, a name will come up and I'll say, oh, yeah, he or she is a member of my church. And they look at me and they say, really? And then sometimes the conversation, I'll say some nice things about the person and they'll say, well, I had no idea. So I walk away from that conversation wondering, what did that mean? May it never be said of any of us by someone we know, oh, really? They're Christians. They're members of a church. But may it be obvious to all that we are different, that we are distinctive, that we are called out ones, that we are God's people. The church is the body. The church is the body, the body of Christ. What an overwhelming thought and a joyous privilege. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, Paul says, And God placed all things under his feet, that is Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills everything in every way. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes, "...just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many." Great illustration of the body of Christ. Think about the human body. Your body has many parts. Many parts to your head, many parts to to your arms, your feet, your legs, your toes. Many internal parts. And every part is important and all function together for the body. And so Paul uses that as an illustration to say we are the body of Christ. And we have many distinctive parts, you, me. We are distinctive, and we have a distinctive responsibility before God to serve Him. And so we are the body of Christ. And we all have a function. We all function and work together in, in harmony and in unity. I love Brother Gary. It's been an absolute joy to work with him since he's come as our worship leader. And Gary and I are—we're we're different. His giftedness is not my giftedness, which makes me appreciate his giftedness more than you could ever know. He—he uh, he can play a trumpet, I cannot. He can lead music so beautifully, I cannot. He can sing so beautifully, I cannot. I can sing, but we'll drop off the beautifully part. And I appreciate, Gary, we are both gifted by God to work together in unity and in harmony to build up the body of Christ in this place known as First Baptist Belton. We are the body of Christ in the world, and the head of the body is Christ. Every person in this room who knows Jesus is gifted of God. We call them spiritual gifts. You are gifted by God to serve, to build the body of Christ. And I praise God for your giftedness. For so many of you are gifted in ways that I cannot even imagine. But you are so instrumental in the building of the body of Christ in this place. And I praise God for every single one of you. So the church is the body. But the church is also the bride. The church is the bride. If you will refer again, if if you would, to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 25. There Paul says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless in the same way husbands ought to love their wives. And so the church is called the bride. I I don't know what it's like to be a bride because I was once a groom, but I'm not a bride. I've done many weddings And it's the most electric moment you can imagine to see those doors open right back there and to see this beautiful woman dressed in white getting ready to come in, usually on the arm of her father, and the music plays, and everybody stands, and here comes the bride. She's never more beautiful than she is on that day. And we are called. We are called. The bride of Christ utterly amazing to be presented before him spotless and without blemish because of the blood of Jesus we are the bride of Christ the bride speaks of a a love relationship an intimate love relationship between us and the father The word bride pictures a protected relationship for the father protects his church, his bride. It is a picture of of a beautiful relationship between God and his bride. And it is a beautiful picture of a, a team relationship. Husband and wife are intended by God to be a team. And in the same way, we serve God. As his bride, we are a team. I've always tried to be careful about criticizing the church. Because it it suddenly dawned on me one time that when I criticize the church, I'm criticizing the bride of Christ. And that puts a new picture on it. You know, men who are married, you wouldn't cotton too well to somebody criticizing your bride, would you? Well, let's be careful what we say about the bride of Christ. The bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. And so the church is the called out. The church is... The body of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. But I also want us to notice what the church has. The church has a foundation. Look again at verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. On this rock, which is the rock of Peter's confession. You are the Christ The Messiah, the son of the living God, and upon that foundation, Christ builds his church. I would also refer you once again to Ephesians chapter two, where Paul writes, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of this household built The chief cornerstone, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. The church has a foundation. The church also has a certainty. If you'll look again at verse 18, I tell you, you're Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Here is a certainty. Jesus will build the church. The church is not built by a pastor. God will use a pastor who's committed to him. But the church is built by Jesus himself. And he wants the church to grow. And the church cannot fail. He causes the growth. He chooses to use us in dependence on him. The church is always under construction. I don't mean by that that the church is always building a physical building. But I mean the church is always under construction. Because folks are being added to the church. And the church is serving and active in the community and in the world. The church is always under construction as we learn more and more about Jesus. Now, I'll tell you something. I've I've said this many times. You've heard it from me. I believe in the future... We've some challenging days before us. I believe we're going to see in our own nation an arising of persecution that we've not experienced before that is already going on in much of the rest of the world. But, but remember this, remember this, no, no government will ever destroy the church. The church belongs to Christ. We are his body, we are his bride, and he will protect us. Maybe some of us might die along the way, but you know what that means. From here to his presence, immediately, until Jesus comes again, he will protect his bride. That is an absolute certainty. The church has an invincibility. Look again at verse 18. The gates of hell will not overcome it. Hell will not prevail. Hell is not stronger than the church. The devil is not stronger than the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. There is an invincibility to the church. Now some look at this passage and say, well it's a picture of darkness assaulting light and the darkness won't win. Others look at it and say, well, it's a picture of the light assaulting the darkness, and the darkness submits. Well, pick whichever one you like. I sort of like that second one where we're on the offensive. But either way, there is an invincibility called victory that is the church's. That gives us confidence. That casts out fear. We belong to a cause, a body that cannot fail. Then the church has an authority. Look again at verse 19. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What does that mean? We have an authority to carry out a mission. We have an authority to carry out a mission. And our mission, simply put, is to deliver the good news. We hold the keys, that is... When we proclaim, people hear and believe. And when we don't proclaim, when we're silent, they don't hear and they don't believe. We have authority to proclaim God's word. The church has an authority. And then the church has a spiritual reality. The church has a spiritual reality. Look again at verse 20. He ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. That seems strange coming from the words, lips of Jesus, but he is simply saying, I'm on the way to Jerusalem, but the time is is not yet. People then were looking for a political Messiah. That's what they were looking for, a political Messiah who would deliver them from the Romans and establish the throne of Israel in Jerusalem again. Jesus reminds us his kingdom is not of this world. We are not citizens of this world. Having said that, we want to be the best citizens we can be. But remember, we are not citizens of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. His reality is spiritual. His work is in the hearts of men and women today. The ultimate question was posed by Jesus as he began this conversation. Who do people say I am? That's the ultimate question. If somebody ever asks you, waxing, philosophical, what is the ultimate question of life? Well, tell them. Who is Jesus? That's the ultimate question of life. Who is Jesus? Who do you say that I am? See, Jesus makes it personal. Who do they say I am? Then who do you say I am? So that question comes to us today. Who do you say is Jesus? A spiritual reality. If we respond as Peter responded, he's the Christ, the son of the living God. I belong to him. He's Lord. Then you're saved. You're part of his kingdom. You're part of his church. I want to close before we baptize. What does the church, what does the church offer? I was struck by that verse in, in Romans chapter 15 verse 13. The church offers hope. We offer hope. Unlike any time in our, in our history, There are people all around us who are seemingly hopeless in darkness. We have something to offer them. And that something is hope found in Jesus. We are a people of hope. We offer hope. The church offers family You are and you always will be my family. Always. The church offers a sense of belonging, a sense of love, a sense of fellowship, a sense of of encouragement. And I can't stand living in defiance of the people I love more than anybody else. I remember there were times growing up when my dad would tell me to do something and I didn't want to do it because I thought he was wrong. Usually he wasn't. My mom the same. But I had to ponder all that, especially as I got older. Am I, am I going to live in defiance of what my dad said or my mom? And I made the decision that in our family, I was not going to do that. I was going to live in love and fellowship and harmony and unity with my family. I'm going to misleading this family. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to misleading you. But I'm going to be praying for your next pastor. And the biggest encouragement he'll ever have in all the world is going to be me. I'll do anything, anything I can to help him. I'm not going to get in his way. I'm going to stand back. But anything he needs, I'll be willing to help him. I'm going to love him too. I don't know who he is, but I'm going to love him too. But I love you passionately. Lastly, the church offers focus. Church office, focus, focus, bring it in. You know, oh, there's a bird flying right up. That, that's many of us. Are, oh, there's something. There's something over there. There's something. No, nope, bring it in. Bring. Bring the focus in. The church offers a focus on what is important. Remember what's important. Don't get lost in peripherals. Remember what's important. Christ exalting worship, the study of the word of God, sharing Jesus Globally, discipling those who choose to follow Christ. That, that's our, that's our focus. Don't, don't go out there somewhere and lose focus. Bring the focus in on what's important. The church offers focus. You're an incredible church. I love you. And there may be someone here today Who would say, pastor, I hear what you're saying about Jesus and the church and I want to become part of the church universal. I want to become part of the body of Christ. I want to be part of the bride of Christ. And so in a moment we're going to stand. Brother Gary will lead us in a hymn of invitation. Will you, will you come from wherever you are? Matt Hollingsworth is going to take my place right here at the front so that I can go and, and get ready for baptism. And so having said that, I'm going to ask those who are getting baptized to get up and go right now. You know where to go. So all those who are getting baptized, the four of you, go, go to where you need to go. And I'm going to join them in a moment. Come and say to Matt, I need Jesus. And there will be someone here who will pray with you. And on this day, you can come into a personal saving relationship with Jesus. Become part of the church. And what a joy it will be in your heart and in your life and in ours. So bow with me, please. <clears throat> Father, someone here needs you through your son Jesus. I pray right now you'll speak to him or to her. Draw them, call them, woo them to yourself. May this very day someone come into a personal saving relationship with Jesus. Thank you for the church. We are part of the body of Christ, the the bride of Christ, that we're the called out ones. We are so thankful. Bless us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you in need of daily encouragement or want to learn more about First Baptist Belton? Visit our website at www.fbcbelton.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Follow and like today. Thanks for listening to today's message.